Good morning, folks. Welcome back to Coffee Time with Almeida. Here we're joined by Amy Silva today. She's coming at you from Fall River, Massachusetts. And uh, um, just want to say good morning, everybody. And um, come on, Am Amy. Welcome to Coffee Time. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm just sharing this right out here on uh, the Facebook. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for coming on. So uh, you're you're in Fall Reef. Are you in Fall Reef right now? Where are you living? I'm in Fall Reef. Yep, I'm living right. in Fall Reef and um, running uh, Silva Funeral Home with my awesome partners Larry and Chrissy up in Taunton. Um, and still helping my dad. I <laughs> I've inspired him after six years of pulling teeth. He's now printing checks on QuickBooks. I want to throw him a party, but oh, wow. I'll Technology. have to wait till after COVID. I know I'm so proud. <laughs> so we, you, Amy, Amy and I go way back here. Um, and first of all, are you drinking coffee? Are I am. I am drinking dark Guatemala blend. Oh, I nice. have these little like uh, little pods. It's not really a K cup. It's some system we have at work, and I got one for home. Oh, and it's Put wonderful. Puddin says uh, good morning. Good morning, Puddin. <laughs> Jeff, good morning to you, sir. Um, so, uh, a real good morning to you. I don't know if you can see the comments, but I can I can see them. So I I'll, can't. I'll, I'll, what I would have, well, I'll uh, I'll check. The, I'll watch the comments, and if anybody has a question, I'll read. I'll I'll ask you. Awesome, awesome. So it's so um, good to see your face. I know, I know. This is crazy. We did a virtual uh, car ride the other day. It was pretty fun, but we did uh, we audio did. only. We had bad Facebook video connection. Yeah. Um. So I was going to say. So wait, do you remember? Were you were you in Fiddler on the Roof? Mm-hmm. Oh my God! So you're you're in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade. Holy crap. That's like, when I also became friends with Christelle, the oh. younger sister of Michael. And Jay Trenholm here. Who's and Jason Trenholm. Yeah, so that was uh, that was the so Amy and I used to do theater together, and uh, I was a fresh freshman in high school, and she was uh, eighth grade at Morton, right? I actually Morton? remember you from Morton. You and oh. Neil would be walking up the hill ahead of me with your very large rectangular backpacks <laughs> uh, I, wonder, I was always one of that looked like from behind not really i was just like you know, a giant a lot of books in that bag so yeah. uh, all right well, my so, dad would never come down he'd sit at the top of the hill and be like i'm not coming down there Hop oh up. yeah my mom would park like in the middle spot and like, i take a we take a left and walk down like you know like yeah the park is divided <laughs> yeah i can take Good a ride exercise. over there i can take a ride over there just for fun like maybe later today yeah. um so uh <laughs> tell me tell us about the uh, funeral business what's happening right now everything's upside down um just like every industry out there um we everything's changed and we kind of have to rethink everything that we do um and the fact remains that even with all the restrictions on gathering and and life in general you know people are still dying and families still are grieving and need that connection to each other and to their community um and it's really hard especially for families that are grieving or that are uh, losing people now and, and knowing that it's coming, um, all they can really think about is what they can't do. And we're trying to stay on the pulse of figuring out, you know, what can be done. And as you can see with this and everything else that's happening, technology is really opening a lot of doors um, that have already always been there. Um, but now because of the pandemic, um, grieving families are more open to the virtual offerings that, that we're able to create. Um, so are you, you're not doing wakes at all right now? 
Um, it depends. We just like if you have to go to the doctor or anywhere and you, you have to kind of get questioned to see your risk factor where we're having a lot of dialogue with family to figure out risk factors, comfortability factors, um, and kind of adapting what we're able to do for every family to find that balance between, you know, protecting ourselves and the family members and also honoring their loved one. So if it's, if it's safe enough, we are having some services in the building, um, just with the state guidelines as, as our, our, I don't know, our guiding force. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're, we're staying up on all that and, and our governor's been really, really great. And I feel like, our you know, state mandates and guidelines have actually been pretty easy to read, which is great. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it helps out, right? You, you need some guidance. Oh, it really you can't does. be making, making ship on your own, you know? No, you can't. And, and the only way to really curb this thing is to all work together. Um, I just want to make sure that this time doesn't get in the way of people feeling like they're able to really celebrate lives of people and, and be together. And, and it breaks my heart, you know, that not only like the service, people are always talking about, oh, the gathering, that's the big hurdle. It's not just that, you know, the week that someone dies, it's the the private stuff that happens, you know, these families and extended families aren't able to like hunker down at a family home together, rifling through pictures and drinking the the loved one that passed away's favorite drink and sharing the stories. Uh, we're they're missing out on all that. Um, so my heart goes out. Uh, Jason has a question here. He says, uh, "Is there an oh, influx? Yes, is there an influx of business in our area yet? Uh, if not, are you prepared for the boost that may come if this hits harder?" Um, yes, we're kind of riding whatever is happening. And there is a difference that I'm seeing right now between Taunton and Fall River, um, pretty much right alongside with when Taunton's hospital, Morton Hospital, which is right around the corner from the funeral home, um, was declared a COVID hospital. You know, we, we saw an increase in, in COVID related deaths. So yeah, we're, we're, we're prepared. We're prepared and we're, we're ready to, to adapt to whatever needs to be done. Um, have a really great staff, you know, communication is key. We're all on the same page and it's really helping. Um, what's, what's nice is technology wise, we're able to do a little more than just like fly on the wall streaming. Like, here you go. <laughs> you can just watch what's happening where we're creating a platform where you can engage with people and the family and each other. So can you tell us about that? I sure can. <laughs> um, <laughs> So two weeks ago, we were kind of forced to start, you know, working with with streaming. And there was a local guy, Sean Mills, who's a production manager genius. And he's actually been helping families in, you know, the streaming of funerals for a long time. He's been in the business since the 90s. Um, but it hasn't ever, you know, become something that needs to be done all the time and that people wanted. So we had worked with him twice over one week and started a rapport and I kind of bounced off ideas of, of what I wish could happen because I don't know anything about tech, but I know that I wish we could maybe replicate the engagement that people have. You know, when you go to a wake, what do you do? You walk in, you spend some time talking to all the family members. You spend some time working through the receiving line. And then you see, you know, your cousin Jimmy that you haven't seen in 10 years. And you see your aunt Sally who is your favorite person to chat with and some people that you used to work with and, and you kind of migrate around and everyone reconnects and supports each other. And, 
And I wanted to somehow replicate that. And I didn't think it could be done. And he was like, yeah, we could do that. So we've created a platform. I've helped him create what we're calling a virtual service that's available to any funeral home. Um, And what happens is, say, there's four or five people in the funeral home that can come to the service. Um, The streaming and the high-quality cameras will capture what's happening there, if the priest is coming in. Um, And then there will be a period of a virtual receiving line where everyone that's logged in will get a turn to talk to each family member. And then while this is all happening, everyone sees lists of who else is in the room and who else is logged in. Um, And there's a moderator handling everything the whole time and requests can be put in like, hey, you know, when we break out into private rooms later, which is how it ends, um, could I be broken out into a private room with these six people? I'd love to catch up. And then they can kind of re readjust that every couple of minutes or so when the timing's up. And the other wonderful thing is in between the announcement of this service and the um, actual day of the service, there's a link so that family and support networks can collaborate content. So people can upload photos that they might have that the family's never even seen of the person that passed away, um, video condolences, eulogies, poems, and all of these things get put together and created in the platform as a presentation. And that's what everybody kind of watches together to start the service. Um, so the family seeing it for the first time as everyone else. And it kind of adds another service element that I think could be really, really genius. Well, that, that's pretty amazing because normally you have what, what photos coming from. I mean, it could, probably could be from a few people to like 10 different people, but this right. you have it's usually like, the family, right? You have like a giant spectrum of people. And, and how many times have, I know this happened to me before where I didn't find out someone passed away until like too late, way too late. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. And like, so I feel like maybe it just, it just, like you said, an additional thing that makes people get close together. Yeah. And it, yeah. and it allows, I mean, I think the receiving line idea and, and the engagement is really important because I, I know, you know this, but, but my family, I've lost a grandparent on both sides of my family within three weeks this winter, right before this all happened. And one thing that really got me through and I found was similar to like a gift about the wake was all the stories. Like I heard stories I had never heard before. I got to connect with uh, the secretaries that worked with my grandfather like forever ago. And they were sassy ladies that I never knew existed. You know, those, those are gifts and, and this can at least help that still to happen. Um, so this might be a little personal, but is it, uh, well. it's, <laughs> so, you know, you deal with this every day, day in, day out, people, families grieving. So how, how does it, is it different for you when it happens to you? When it happens to me, I I I have to find a balance um, because I can't just put aside the funeral director in me. Some of the memorialization and the creativeness and the 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 helping is is how I grieve. It's it's what I need to do, but I have to balance it with babying myself. I guess you know that that grief where you need to give yourself permission to make your decisions minute to minute based on what you need in that exact second for comfort, for survival. Um, My good friend gave me the best advice I've ever heard about grieving that you need to do just enough, just in time. So for me as a funeral director, still, you know, running a business, it meant that I kind of had to lean on people a little more. I had to find that balance 
so I could allow myself that that downtime and that shutting off time um, and and the time where it'd be okay to say, no, I'm not going to do anything right now, but look at these pictures and listen to my grandmother's voicemails and and also, you know, find ways to to quantify things and make services better. Yeah, that's uh, I like it. That's uh, definitely <laughs> interesting to see, you know, because I could imagine that some people are just kind of like, you know, shut like are just like robotic about it, you know? And, right. I feel like there are roles. There's always people that are like in the fog and need to be kind of guided. And then there are people that are comforted in tasks. And and as a funeral director, we learn to read people. We learn to read families. And that's one of the skills that we have. I, I can kind of sense the people that are like-minded like me that enjoy like a list. Like, okay, everything you're telling me is hitting somewhere, but I need a list. You know, mm-hmm. I need, what do I do next? What do I need to focus on next? Okay, I finished that. What do I need to work on? And then there are some people that are like, hey, you know, just just tell me what I need to do when I need to do it. And in the meantime, you know, let me let me kind of kind of coast. Um, everybody really deals with everything so differently. And grief is a magnification of that for sure. Um, so um, when is, do you have a name for the virtual uh, service company? Right now it's virtual service. Um, yep. And the website where you can not only find a little information about it, but also all the streams and highlights is uh, funeralstreamingservices.com. Oh, cool. Um, we'll share a link to that I, later on. Awesome. Awesome. And Sean Mills is the head guy and he is really, really great to talk to if there's any fellow funeral professionals in the trenches with me out there that want to offer this service. This isn't something that I wanted to put my heart into, you know, for my funeral home alone or for competition or anything. This is something I think we all need as an industry to offer to families to help, you know, with this time. So yeah, so reach out to me, reach out to Sean. Um, so do you have, get do you have tons a, do, of information. Do you have a date? Is it ready to go? It's ready to go. It's oh, wow. ready to oh, go. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're um, hoping to have our first this week, but um, it's one of those things with funerals. It's like, okay, you know, the next person that wants to do it, then we'll do it. And then if the family gives permission, we can start, you know, giving some, sharing some highlight videos. There are already highlight videos and some samples on that website. So you can see the quality of editing and capture that these guys have. Um, what stood out to me with them is I feel like they have a really good understanding about our industry and how you know things need to be unobtrusive, but also capture the realness of, of what families are going through and the uniqueness of each family. And I think one of the highlight videos on there, I don't know if it's there or on our website, but these guys even managed to get high quality stuff um, on Friday. And last week when we were out in the cemetery and it was like snow, hail, wind. Oh, that's amazing. Just craziness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he he was brilliant. Like I noticed uh, techie things because I'm friends with people like you and theater and, and crew. And the way that he kind of audio-wise like embraced some of the crackling and the and the weather sounds into the the sound of the video. So I think you'll, as a fellow techie will appreciate that oh definitely i'm definitely gonna check that out <laughs> <laughs> oh look at little hey, i think uh i think this is there's a randy oh this is Solon. yeah we have a randy here commenting on our on our feed here i'm not sure if i knew the randy randy is beans randy i don't know it says randy beans i don't know <clears throat> but anyways uh we're talking about um the funeral business and how it's being impacted by covid 
and uh, some new technology that Amy and her uh, uh, friend who's a videographer have, have come up with to uh, get people talking together. <clears throat> um, a, yeah. Jason Trenholm says, when this is done, Totten breakfast on me. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I have many spots. Uh, My number one is Dia Villas um, on Weir. They know my usual, and I love every single person that works there, and I hope that they're doing okay. So, so you're in, you live in Fall River, you work in Totten. Can you, is yeah? Is there a, are there a lot of people out, or what's it like? It's it's weird. I mean, I'm not physically in Taunton as much as the rest of my staff, since I I'm mostly back end management, um, doing a lot from home as far as you know the business end of things and bookkeeping and keeping all the lights on. Um, so I try to only go in one or two days a week uh, when not so many people are there and more to like gather and analyze and replenish what I have brought home as you can see my luxurious home office here um but when I do go out it's it's scarcely less traffic scarcely and and you I don't know you can just feel it the last time I felt like this is you know 9-11 and <laughs> I don't know if you know about my 9-11 story do you no. know about mine okay so. do you want the 9-11 yeah yeah, story? yeah give it yeah tell me tell all me. right so I was not a morning person. I'm not a news person. I rolled out of bed at 930. Things had already happened. And I had just bought I had just bought a new car that was a standard because I was determined to learn how to drive stick. So I just bought the car and had Mark Fowler teach me how to drive it on airport roads. So that was the day before. So I buck myself into Dunkin' Donuts. Still not really good at driving my car. And I grumpily go in to get my coffee order for the funeral home. And it's all like specific five or six different coffees. And I notice everyone's standing around talking. The woman helping me was kind of like glazy, a little out of it. And kept talking about Pennsylvania. You know, something, the other plane just, just came down in Pennsylvania. And I'm like, did you get that? It's a decaf light, oh, no Jesus. sugar. Yeah. And she was like, you don't know what's going on, do you? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but it's decaf light, no sugar. And so she totally gave me the the evil eye, which is totally deserved. And then I pull into the funeral home and buck into my parking spot and all the coffee falls all over my floor. Oh. So I think that that's the worst thing in the world until I walk into the building and I see everyone standing around the TV and find out what happens. So the rest of the day ended up pretty intense. And in the afternoon, I discovered in my car that I had tickets to see Buju Banton, my favorite reggae artist in New Haven, Connecticut that night. And these tickets were given to me like just a couple of days before. So when I saw them, I was like, ooh, I think I need to go. But who in the world would go to a concert an hour and a half away with me today of all days? And who went, who was the first person I called that said yes? But Christelle Duby. Uh. And she was like, sure. And we got in the car and we were literally in New Haven within 40 minutes. We saw maybe two cars on the highway the whole drive down to New Haven. It was it was eerie seeing that. Yeah. And that, that's what it reminds me of now driving around. And like Friday was my first day taking a funeral to the National Cemetery in Bourne, the military cemetery. Yep. which is one of my favorite places in the world. And military honors, uh, they just get me. 
Um, and seeing someone not have military honors and family having to stay in the car and watch watch the casket go down from a distance. Just they, couldn't really even, they couldn't even get out of the car? That's crazy. Well, they could, but you couldn't get close to the grave. You had to stay out on the road, like by your car. And they wanted everybody, you know, to follow regular social distancing. Sure, sure. But it's it's just sad. It's sad. Yeah, you can tell crazy. that everyone's doing what they have to do, but there was that look in everyone's eye like, we wish we weren't doing any of this right now. It's freaky though, because I, I feel like I, I went out the other day just to run some errands and I saw some friends and family just like, you know, we were responsible and stuff. And uh, it was just, I was just like, um, I'm freaked out just to even see you. <laughs> Right. You know, like, I'm like, well, it's like, it's like, uh, is that the way it's going to be? You know, it's just, I know how, yeah. how is it going to go back? And is it going to be, is it going to be one of those slow transitions or is it going to be where we've, we've held back for so long that now, you know, people that hate hugging are going to be like just hugging strangers in the stores, you know, like, is it going to, yeah, I think hugging totally over. whiplash. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like hugging's over for a while, hugging and handshakes. See you later. Right. You know, no more I mean, free hug guy. No. Now you can, you know, charge some money and, and regulate it. Oh my goodness. Um, so are you um Netflix binging anything right now? I literally just finished Ozark last night. Oh uh, and yes. I discovered also that Jason Trenholm, the Reverend G Putin, had also completed the series last night. So yeah, wow, what a yeah. show. I can't wait for the next season. Um, I really can't. It was a surprise. I didn't really, I didn't know it was coming out. And then all of a sudden it was here. I was like, this is awesome. <clears throat> how long, how long did it take you to watch it? Um, the first season took me a long time because it, it was, it's the kind of show, like I can't just watch anytime, you yeah, know, yeah, in attention. my life you can't watch three children. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like I need to be in the right mindset. So it just so happened that the last couple of weeks, you know, I'm at home and at work, I'm either overwhelmed and anxious and constantly like I can't stop working or I'm completely shut off. And that's been the perfect mindset when I shut off to watch Ozark. Uh, favorite character? Wendy. Oh, oh. <laughs> the strength. <laughs> strength and the vulnerability. <laughs> and just she is a badass strong funny warm mama bear my god love her and she don't and she doesn't take no crap anymore none <laughs> none um are you so actually just tell us about your podcast real quick your old oh, podcast yeah um so right after i had cc which is what god almost five five years ago almost six years ago um I'm friends through theater with this awesome woman, Sue Netter at, at WSAR. And when I was pregnant with Cece, she was like, crazy idea. You need to do a show on WSAR about um, funerals and grief. And it just needs to be done. And I said, okay, give me some time. <laughs> Let me make this baby and then we'll talk. And we ended up working on it together and, and creating uh, I created the silver lining. And we all weren't really sure how it would take. Um, I tried to talk every week about somewhat different topics, like highlight options that people never knew about and, and create like an informal space where people can, can start thinking about and, and researching and talking about really tough things that are hard to talk about. But 
there's a lot of value in thinking these things out ahead of time without the pressure or formality of, hey, I'm going to walk into a funeral home. I'm going to, you know, put something down on paper. I'm going to, you know, get all morbid. It doesn't have to be morbid. And the more that we talk about it, the the less that it is. Um, so that was really the goal. And it ended up being really great. It was probably the, the best two years that I've ever had as far as merging what I love to do as a funeral director and, you know, the creative energies of the theater, you know, weird hippie child that I still <laughs> <have>. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we have a link to that up on the, on the website. Um, and uh, just share that. I'll share. We, I think we shared it earlier. We'll share it again. So people can find out. We'll get, yeah. your, get your link to the virtual service stuff there. I want to shout out to it's Thaddeus' birthday today. Happy birthday, my husband's birthday! Oh, Johnny! Tax day, boy! <coughs> I know, right? Johnny Joe. <coughs> it's part of me. Allergies. I'm take my allergy pill. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah. I didn't realize that John and uh, Thaddeus had the same birthday. Yes. All right. It's, it's a crazy day. Uh, John and Melanie, my sister, who was born on 9/11, often like to compare. You know, which birthday is worse, and and John always wins out because if you go back historically, lots of stuff happened on. 415 <laughs> a little more than 911 there's all the, John knows like the list you can bang it all out oh man so all right well I think I'm gonna let you go here we're gonna close out the show do you have any uh, things you want to leave us with actually you know what's your favorite part about the uh, apocalypse here um the force the way that we're forced to slow down all right Mentally, yeah I like it too I like it yeah we're just, you know, and, and uh, you know, getting regrouping a little bit, hopefully. Yes. I love what you're doing. I well, love that you're connecting your network. <laughs> man, you're amazing. Right. Hugs. Virtual Likewise, hugs. you are. Yes, rich, virtual hug, virtual hug. And I'll catch up with you. I'll catch up with you soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank All right. You awesome. All right. Maybe bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Cheers. All right, folks, tomorrow we have Jesse Lou Rodriguez on. She's an herbalist. We're going to talk about some plants and uh, herbs. Coffee time with Almeida Every weekday at nine Won't you join me for a really fun time? Yeah, every weekday.